I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Defendi Pugli, Defendi Sandi, Nidi Sandi Podcast, the Dutu. Kick the program and drink the bonnage, defend the multiverse. Under the show, the program and the multiple, the burn, comic shop, or the name of the drone, the shrinky burn, the book dark. And the burn. This is the Burn Shepherd, the Vishnu Tibu. The Burn is easy, the Smurt to Dern, the Burn to Friend to Burn, Bigot, Nerdy Shepherdurn. Fork, 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 fork. I'm using that one. <laughs> Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Jess. Hey, I'm Doug. And I'm Boar. And this, this is the kind of Nerdy Show episode we do every other week, where we talk about literally everything, all the stuff that's happened in between then and now, we're talking about it, all across the nerd multiverse. But, uh, but first, Boar has brought us some, uh, some refreshments today. Yeah, um, I brought a new version of Soylent that just came out, uh, Soylent 2.0. It comes in liquid this time instead of powder. Now, Soylent is a, a futuristic meal replacement, not the famed science fiction drink made from people or food. Correct, yeah. It's designed as, as, a, as a meal right. replacement. Um, so, in theory, you could just eat nothing but Soylent. Why? How? That, seems, that doesn't seem even remotely healthy, well, but, regardless of the nutrients. You can't well, just eat vitamins. Liquid diets are a thing. It just depends on, like, if you have a certain medical condition or if you're about to go into surgery. I mean, I'm not saying if you are going to go into surgery, drink this. Don't do that. Don't, don't eat or drink anything before you go into surgery. But there are certain conditions where you may be in a situation. Like, let's say you're in a coma and they can't force feed you food. They can give you this. Right. And it can give you the same nutrients as eating a meal, but not right. having to actually eat solid food. Right. But, but this is liquid form. Do we actually eat it then? No, you drink it. Yeah, we're not eating. It's not chewy. Going down. Consume it. It's like the uh, the way I first heard it pitched to me was forget about Soylent Green. This is more of the goop that you would have in the Matrix if you're in the Matrix. (laughs) But it actually is 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 something you would want to drink, and it's not weird slop. So if eating food doesn't really mean much to you, and you just want to get through the day and do your 24 hour human cycle of batshit crazy uh, 21st century hacking all the ice. You know, in the in the mainframes, side well, stuff, right? <laughs> Bore, you know more about it than me. So, am I wrong in saying that it can also work as like a diet for you to actually actually lose weight quickly because it's less calories than like a standard meal? It can be. I mean, it, you can gorge yourself on this and get fat. I'm well, sure I mean, too. You, yeah, but it's like who's going to want to drink like you know twelve to, gallons? You know, to your point on the matrix, it does taste a little bit like tasty wheat by default, like tasty wheat or like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, Bor, you, you, this is Soylent 2.0, and you've actually been doing Soylent for a while since Yeah, I had it days. since 1.0. Um, the, the powder stuff is great. Um, I always felt really super energized, and almost all of the Soylent uh, that I've had so far, whenever you drink it, it makes you feel like you're high on nutrition is the best way that I can even no. describe that. What? Um, How? Because, like, when was the last time that you, you had a meal that was 100% balanced? had every single nutrient that your your body needs according to science anyway probably I, never i don't think i've ever tracked that before most vitamins <laughs> right. nowadays are like more than 100 percent your daily value recommended intake this is like right is and, and like line, say 100%. say you go and eat say you go and eat some pizza or something that's not going to have everything you need in it well, you, you, that's that's crazy talk. The, the, that's, that's got that's got bread. It's got dairy. It's got meat. <laughs> it's got vegetables. Um, that's the food it pyramid might not right there. Have vegetables though. I mean, mines do. Mm. <laughs> right. Plural on account of all the pizzas. <laughs> right, but when I first started it out, it would really just perk me up and right. keep me really energized for several hours and just kind of make you feel like a superhero almost. It's really. Do you weird. feel full like you ate a meal? Yeah, totally. Uh, so what meal did you usually replace with? Like breakfast or lunch or typically breakfast and lunch. I I've, oh. I've been doing about two thirds replacement, so I'll still eat one normal meal a day just so I can feel like a a person, I yeah. guess. Well, because eating good. is still fun. Right. Well, yeah. It has to be fun, right? I mean what excites me about this is like eating for me a lot of times is a chore. Like, I'm a lazy chewer. Like, I'm just like, I'm I, I'm not really full, but I'm tired of chewing. Salads are the bane of my existence because they just take forever to mm. eat. And so if I can have something like this where I can just chug it down real quick and then be good to go. Right, yeah. right. I, I felt that way, too. Um, and, and that was actually a big motivating factor for me to try this in the first place was to eliminate the chore of eating. Why is not the government subsidized this already? Just get back to work. Because it doesn't have corn as soon as in you it. can. No corn. You can <laughs> add corn to it. You can add corn to it. Well, I hear that uh, Soylent is best cold, so we've got samples here. We have regular and uh, also... Uh, yeah, I gave you all a sample of the unflavored version of it, so you could taste uh, like the base flavor. Um, a lot of... Well, I'll, I'll let you guys try it first, and then I'll tell you what a lot of people describe it as. Okay. Let's give it a taste. Hmm. It kind of tastes like the unfrosted ass end of a of a mini wheat. Unfrosted ass end of a mini wheat. Okay. Yeah. I would say it's like it's like the milk at the end of your cereal, like after yes, like life cereal. That is like, exactly how most also, people describe yeah. it. It also smells like it a little bit. Yeah. So it's familiar. It's not. It, it's not weird. Yeah, and I said ass end only because you know obviously as we've seen with the computer animation. The, the front of the mini weed is the part with the talking face on it. And... <laughs> 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 well, yeah, that was that was uh, good. Surprisingly pleasant. I, I was not expecting it to I could actually to taste I, good. I could totally drink that as a meal replacement just fine and Absolutely. not be like, oh, kill me already. I just want a burger so bad. But Actually, I don't usually eat breakfast, so this is probably better than not eating breakfast I, at all. Oh, it's I'm way better way. than not eating breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> So now we've got this uh, chocolate version. Yeah, I added a little bit of uh, chocolate syrup to this one. Okay. Thank you for also saying syrup. Everyone tells me that I'm wrong. And it's oh, that to is be just syrup. straight up delicious. Yeah. I mean, that's chocolate milk. Yeah. But like better a little? Yeah. Because I'm not a huge milk no, fan. No, it's like... It's thicker. It, and in it's... a good way, it's, it's like melted chocolate ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and I've also got uh, one that is more like a mocha, like coffee, chocolate fusion, yeah, if I either of you want to try that. I will try it, because then this will definitely be my breakfast replacement. I don't even <laughs> need to drink a coffee anymore. It's yeah. just all in one drink. See, I actually add, um, it's an instant espresso powder and chocolate syrup to mine for breakfast, and that really gets you going in the morning. I bet it does. <laughs> I want to do this before every recording. Yeah. <laughs> We should do some kind of study. Is this recording now better that we've uh, energized ourselves with Soylent? <laughs> Tell us in the comments. Is this more entertaining? <laughs> so it does have kind of like a like I mentioned. I'm not a big like I mentioned. I'm not a big milk milk drinker. Um, but it does have kind of like a that thing that happens to your throat after drinking milk. Like, yeah. like kind of filmy like deal. Uh, is that is it? Is there actually milk in this? Is there is there? There's no dairy content. It's vegan, right? Yeah, yeah. This version of Soylent is vegan. The other one wasn't. Uh, the first versions could be, but you had to leave out, um, it was a combination of a powder packet and an oil, uh, like okay. a little vial of oil that came with each packet. So the vial of oil had half canola oil, half fish oil, mm. uh, to, to balance it out perfectly. And, uh, yeah, that you had to leave the oil out, otherwise it wasn't vegan, mm. but they did have that option where you could order it without that. This coffee one tastes like chocolate coffee. Yes. I mean, it, it like, it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's, yeah, this is pretty much my breakfast every day. I can totally see that. Like that's, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you're not drinking enough of it to get like the full sensation, but you get after about I don't know. There's a when there's about a fourth of a bottle left, I feel start feeling really full. Hmm. No. So it's definitely better than any Starbucks coffee you could pick up on your way to work. So and no and, li- no line and no line <laughs> and that and that after that milky after thing which bugs cat but not because i am a human and i do drink milk i'm a mammal after all yeah you're supposed to stop that after you're like a, an infant child i don't drink human milk <laughs> i drink animal milk like a normal person <laughs> klingons can make fun of me all they want i don't care <laughs> well okay so so solent 2.0 is it's in bottles now you can buy it in bottles you don't have to mix it yourself um, can you buy it on Amazon? Uh, no, you can only buy it on uh, Soylent.com. Okay. Oh. Uh, they only sell it direct, unfortunately. Soylent.com. Maybe someday someday you can buy Soylent through Amazon and can give uh, Nerdy Show money as you do it. You, can buy, you can buy the uh, chocolate that you're going to put in the Soylent. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. I highly recommend that. But one, but one pressing question. So this is Soylent 2.0. Do mm-hmm. they make incremental changes, like switch, switch yeah. out and make it 2.1 and 2.2? Yeah, actually, uh, when they started out with Soylent 1.0, they, uh, they started changing the formula based on feedback that they got from the community. So uh, a lot of the complaints were like, oh, this gives me too much gas or like <laughs> I'm feeling weird, stuff like that. And they'll try to figure out what is exactly causing that and they'll switch ingredients out. I think in 1.0 they had they weren't able to get enough quantity of the rice protein that they wanted. So I think there was a couple changes in there where it was just a logistics thing. But um, yeah, for the most part, they change it based on feedback and how people are feeling and the test studies that they're doing also. That's and awesome. is this the what what's the size of these bottles? I don't know. They don't have any like ounce rating on it, but it's this bottle is 400 kilocalories. So like 400 calories. And that that lasts for, that's like one day's worth or is that like a, No, this is uh meals worth. One fifth of what you're supposed to have for a full day if you were doing oh, a replacement. Oh wow. wow. Okay. But as with the soylent powder, one bag was supposed to be one day's worth, but I was able to stretch it out to be two days. It depends on your body chemistry, how much food you actually eat. Uh, some people eat a lot more than others to be able to keep going. So personally, I only drink about 
two to two and a half bottles of this per day but they were as like, a like, two-thirds replacement but like nutrient wise they say five is like the full day's worth yeah okay yeah do you, let me ask you this do you think this is something that astronauts will one day take into space or maybe to mars that's a good question it easily could be and they'd have to probably suck it out of little packets or something but yeah they uh, could suck it out of edible packets actually they could oh. probably because uh, th- there's there's another there's another weird development in uh, in future food and future food packaging. Uh, recently, a company has debuted an edible water bottle. Yep, I wouldn't I wouldn't so much call it a bottle though. It's like a, it's a mm, yeah. edible sphere of water, <laughs> I guess. It's like a pod. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's made out of. Uh, it's like a gelatinous material, so it's uh, calcium chloride, brown algae. Um, and it's like these layers of membrane that keeps the water in. So you bite into it, and then you suck the water out, and then you can eat the packet. What is this goo? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, brown algae is always something that sounds kind of yeah. gross, but it's being used in everything now. Mm-hmm. There's even a, a chocolate company called, like, Innocent Chocolate that is, like, a, a chocolate. It's not bad for you. It's not a dessert um, because they've done they've made something with brown algae or whatever. So brown algae is in everything these days. The the bottle is clear is what I'm getting at. It's not a brown right, weird right, right. algae bottle. Kind of looks like a silicone implant. Yes, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, well, the size is probably more like actually a like a testicular. Rep- <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm trying to picture in my mind's eye. They're like, well, it's clear, but it's got what, like liquid in it. But it, you can, it's tangible. You can touch it, and it's kind of jiggly. It's like, all right, that yeah. sounds kind of. Now, is the idea behind this to reduce? packaging is that yeah yeah and then also where are you getting these from then are you going to get them off of a pile yeah if if you because i imagine if you get them out of a vending machine by the time it hits the bottom it would just splat well i also thought like how do you carry it with you right like you put it in your backpack and that doesn't burst like during the day-to-day jostling how many people are touching this little orb before it goes in your mouth that's my main concern the other thing is what you have to remember is the point is you can eat it not that you should eat it like you can it's not Mm going to harm you um, it's not going to be particularly good for you, but it's not going to be bad for you either. Still, you have to put your mouth on it to drink out of it, right? That's true. Well, you, currently, basically, they've made these that you kind of like like bite into it and suck it out, and you're left with this weird little water condom, um, this drippy weird little condom. But this is just it's just a proof of concept right now. Well, so, you know what? Even if you don't eat it. That means it it could break down in the environment easier. Right, it's still yeah, the, compostable. It's yeah. so ri- that's ridiculously biodegradable. I mean, I don't I don't know if you've seen you know some places have those plastic cups that are made out of corn or whatever, and they're clear and they mm-hmm. look like plastic, but they're uh, they're supposed to be compostable. Well, I tried composting them, and that did not. Man, it was like over a year before I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna throw this out. <laughs> like, mm. there's there's garbage in my dirt right now, and it it just looks like I buried garbage. <laughs> Um, <laughs> see, like, even if I get a can of soda out of a vending machine, I'm still usually rinsing the top off because I don't trust where it's been. Like, I don't want to put that to my mouth. You're so very... why am I going to want to put these orbs to my mouth? Well, you could still rinse them off, right? I mean, you could I, still... I guess. And they, they don't dissolve because otherwise they dissolve from the inside. I mean, it's not it's not like it's not like, it's not like uh, my water bottles made these and they're trying to push it on the public. But if this is a proof of concept, it's like, OK, but where? What is the real world use of it other than just – it's like, okay, yeah, well, you can throw it away. It's all right, great, but where do I buy it? So there's actually a video online that shows you how you can make your own water orb to yeah, carry it it's, with you. Yeah, it's, it's a like gastro thing that people do, spherification. Um, it's like a hip thing to make – to turn stuff into weird blobs. A water uh, pod. Jo- uh, John, our, our other SciTech correspondent, he was – trying to do spherification for uh, macaroni and cheese and succeeded at one point i believe 
Um, it's something you can do, but but this process, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you were saying, well, how are you gonna how are you gonna get it? Maybe it'll be stacked like apples in a grocery store. I don't, but I don't what's know. What's the tensile strength? Like what? I don't, yeah, I don't like, know. Like, is it a water bottle or a water balloon? You, you can have a fight with them; and they'll explode. They, we don't. We haven't seen that video yet, but we will someday. Probably. I'm curious, but it just I don't know what like it's. You know what? Good that you made it, but I don't know what the purpose is yet. Yeah, because I feel like it's... you're still going to have to contain it somehow. Yeah, like to sell it. Yeah, and if you're containing it anyway, well, to ship it even. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to bring it somewhere. Yeah. Like if if, someone, if you go to the soccer game and the soccer mom is like, oh oh, it's uh, Mrs. Smith. She's bringing all the the, uh, the water orbs, the the sunny delight, or she's orbs. bringing all of the uh, Capri Suns today. And then she opens up, it's the water orbs, and it's just like, what? Oh, I don't want to touch that. Right. That's in your cooler. Like, By the way, it has a really stupid name. Oh yes, it is the Uhu. Oh God! <laughs> uh, yeah, can we just reject this concept? I brought <laughs> well, that's how you get the kids. It's it's a fun name, like Ooh-hoo. like YooHoo. Everyone loved YooHoo, so. But this Ooh-hoo. is water. This isn't YooHoo. <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like everybody who's touched it. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to get really used to having. I just picture balls a, a, a clear mouth. orb of like liquid, like water, but just fingerprints on it, like Dorito fingerprints, yep. like Cheeto fingerprints. Exactly. And I'm, I'm not. That's why I don't want to. I'm not down with this idea at all. But you're not supposed to eat the container necessarily. That's the thing. Like, so I we, get we, that. We don't yeah, know. But, you, but you still have to put your mouth on it presently. Presently, we don't we don't know what form it's going to take. I guess you could poke a straw in. Like it? even if you did that, you though, could. I was about to say that, but you'd still get like you yeah. know still a little, that a little of it into your mouth. Maybe there'll be I don't know some kind of a nipple thing. Am I going to have to use water to wash it before I bite it, <laughs> defeating the whole purpose of, like... Yeah, portable water. <laughs> it's it's interesting tech, though. We'll, we'll link to where you can watch the video of... Uh, Rip some, open some one of ladies. the other ones onto, <laughs> onto the pile to wash them off. Or maybe just keep using your, you know, clean canteens for that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but a weird a weird thing that someday someday you could see somewhere like, it's out interesting. in the wild. It is interesting, but yeah. I just... I, I ain't going to put my mouth on it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Brown al- my brown algae does not touch this lip. Like, <laughs> so we've talked about the future of drinking water, um, but also there's the future of shaving. So you guys all hate shaving your legs, right? I mean, I'm not the I, only one. I hate it so much that I never right? even do it. Yeah, yeah I know, no, yeah. right? No, I I, I do because it's like it's. Uh, it's tough enough to shave my face. Man, mm-hmm. I got to do like two passes of, of Nair and yep. it's awful. I hate it. You get the ingrown hairs. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, there's a company, Scarp, which is Swedish for sharp. Fun fact. Scarp. Scarp. Yeah, to get the shaving. <laughs> get the scarp, the shaving. With the lasers. <laughs> I was thinking more Swedish chef. Nah, you can't. The, the like the piece of lettuce. Like you can't use that knife. You got to get something sharp. Scarp. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, oh, yeah. <laughs> bork, bork, bork. Uh, no, anyway. what are you doing? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a way better Kickstarter video than the one that they currently <laughs> yes, have. Yes, yes. Uh, opening with, we've been shaving the same way for 5,000 years, everyone. And I haven't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> according to them, we have. And they, I used three razors. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they only had one. <laughs> or shells. You know, and the pink shells were for the girls' razors. Anyway, they've come up with a razor that is a laser. So now you can laser the hair off of your face or legs. Or wherever. 
All right, or wherever. That pesty bikini line. Um, Off you your, know. your ha- a household pet. So is it a handheld thing, or is it something that I stick my face in and it scans my <laughs> face? <laughs> that's, that's terrifying. That, yeah, that, yeah, that would be... Uh, <laughs> Put your face in this receptacle <laughs> and push the button. Um, no, it's totally it's totally a handheld thing. It looks like a disposable razor. I guess the way that it works is there's a chromophore in your hair. So that's essentially, it's a, it's a molecule that makes color appear depending on whether the light's absorbed or reflected. And the problem that they had before was that you can detect dark hair pretty easily, but you couldn't detect light hair with a laser. And so now this laser can target just hair in general. And so it just only cuts through your hair to the skin is is the theory wait, of operation. So, wait, so you're saying that this thing like scans your skin and only attacks hair? It, it is a, yeah. It's a frequency attuned specifically to the destruction of hair. Right. Huh. It's a specific wavelength. Weak, en- weak enough... To not hurt my skin. Not at all. Right. Yeah. But you strong to enough really hard. to just get rid of the hair. Yes. Right. Can you add enough power to this supposed laser to turn it into a weapon? Not a chance. There's yeah. no way. It's too small. The razor is quite dainty. It is It is the same size as a common razor. So. But if there's enough, I'm just saying, it's like a laser that's an inch long. Can you turn it into a lightsaber is what I'm getting at. Can you just <laughs> swing it at somebody and just um, take out a chunk of their skin? I do know that if you take apart a Blu-ray player, you can... But put enough power to those diodes to pop to, a balloon. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I mean, you can you can go buy like like pocket lasers that you know they can do they can blind they you. can burn wood, blind you, uh, freak out airplanes. You know the whole nine yards. That's easy. It's, they're probably right. on Think Geek. I don't know. I actually so. saw a homemade. Someone took a Blu-ray laser and put it into a handheld uh, old Star Trek phaser. Yeah, and pop balloons with that. We may have seen the same. <laughs> that's video. what I was talking. Yeah, yeah that's that what thing, I was talking that thing about. Is awesome. awesome. <laughs> Sound effects and everything. Just poof, and it has the blue light. Just like on the uh, anyway. Please continue. Yeah. So, so the video demoing it is actually sort of lame. It, it takes like three tries, and it doesn't even like cut the hair down to the skin. Um, but I guess it's, it's where do to I be sign? Out, right? I don't order one right <laughs> now. You, you can get yeah, one. No, see, the, they need three lasers on it. That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> or five. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you currently back it, you can get it for the low low price of one hundred and fifty nine dollars. But if, once those are gone, it's going to go to one hundred and eighty nine, and then it's going to go to two ninety nine. Still cheaper than buying razors. Then it's going to go to four forty nine. So Wait, what? Four forty nine. Four forty nine. They have this these stacked, very limited early bird stocks. So we don't know how they're how they're going to be. But the the idea is that you would only, you would you know you'd pay a lot of money for one razor that you could use forever. But right. not forever. Uh, so it's actually it's only not forever. Okay, there no, we go. Not forever. That's that's yeah. the deal is getting it, better. <laughs> it has a life of uh, five thousand hours. And then it's and then you throw it away. And yeah. But the, her whole their whole platform was to reduce the waste of razors. I I guess. Ugh. Guys. Only, so, I mean, well, that, does, well, no, it, that does it, reduce it the waste. Yeah. It's like, think of how often you're throwing away a razor and how often you have to buy more. Uh, but, I mean, is it worse for the environment to throw away the electronics that are inside of this laser razor than a regular yeah. razor? There's no, yeah. now, wait, are they saying that you have to throw it away because the laser itself is bad or that yeah. you have to recharge it like the energy is gone? Uh, no, the laser itself, the light only lasts for 5,000 hours. I'm looking at this little animated picture that they have on here and... And there's like seven hairs that it's going across, and it's like, oh, the the laser turns on to cut out this one hair. But uh, I don't know about your skin, but uh, my hair is a little bit more dense than this. Yeah, no, it, it's what they've shown demo wise is really problematic. Uh, I asked John about it, and he was saying that they they've got uh, some kind of thing where they they can't show the equation or anything because, or even the actual the actual laser that they intend to use because they're worried about someone stealing it before they're able to debut the product. 
which, which a legitimate concern. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and it is a it is a for real guy that's behind it. So the guy that founded it, it invented the intense pulse light, um, which is what's used in the laser hair removal places. So he does know what he's doing, presumably. But it's as far as like this platform for kickstarting it and all that. It's flimsy at best because of what they can't show because apparent apparently that's not even a demo of the actual laser. It's a demo of what could be the thing but is a weaker version of what is what you're actually getting. But they can't show what you're actually getting because reasons. So it's a whole weird thing. The premise – I think but what, we're, what we should take away from this long term is the technology is hypothetically there. It needs to improve a great deal. But we could be shaving with lasers sometime within our lifetimes. And once again, the most – Accurate depiction of the future may be the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it makes me wish I'd seen all that movie, but I fell asleep during it. The self-driving car. Yeah, there's self-driving cars in that movie. Which treated I mean, very realistically. Yeah, I that, that was about the closest to real that I can think of in uh, any movie. I, I mean, XFL is still doing really well, obviously. The Extreme Football League, uh, that was featured in that film. They, they're still around, right? Um, Actually, they are in minor, minor things. They're not, but they're not the league anymore. Um, it's, it's like a fan spinoff. I do remember there's like there's a female antagonist who could change her nails and her hair color like at will. That was amazing. I want that. Well, there's the technology of like that was well actually no that was that was that, total that, recall. That was total recall. Yeah, correction. Thank you. But the la- the shaving with a laser was indeed mentioned in that film. Although I have to do make a correction. It's good for fifty thousand hours, not five thousand. So it's a little better. I, I think we need to explore this technology that I was talking about where you put your face in a box and it <laughs> like scans and better. just zaps everything. So, but then you got to make the leg box. You got to make the crotch box. Yeah. Got to make the arm box. Order, pre-order box, now at crotchbox.com. <laughs> the butt box. <laughs> yeah, crotch box. That sounds, that's a highly marketable product. Crotch, a- crotchbox.org. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Back to the Future is going to have its 30th anniversary. And on October 21st, which is the time when Marty goes into 2015. Yeah. Uh, a for lot real of, this time. For real not, this time. Not just an internet. Yeah, for reals. Yeah. Uh, a lot of theaters around the country are going to be showing the marathon of all three movies back to back. Which is amazing. Which I'm probably going to try to go see. It's long, but how often, you didn't, you know, how often am I going to see Back to the Future 2 or 3 on the big screen? Right, yeah, good point. But they're also releasing... The comic book. Official canonical continuation right. um, pr- published by IDW, written by Bob Gale with mm-hmm. Eric Burnham and Dan Schoening from our beloved Ghostbusters series. Exactly. Yeah. And it sounds and they're going to talk about how Doc and Marty met and all these other side adventures that went on, which I'm really excited for. Um, uh, the They're also they're re-releasing the, um, the, the, the video much, game. much maligned Telltale video game because yes. it didn't play too well. But I guess they they may have changed it around a little bit, but they 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 did change it by adding in um, what's his Tom face Tom Wilson Tom Wilson yes the voice of Biff so yeah. Tom Wilson Biff will be playing Biff in the video game which is really is going to be really cool because um, he was kind of missed but uh, I guess he was I did unfortunately try to play that game it was pretty bad yeah, yeah the first too. the first it, episode it actually was turned rough. me off of Telltale games in general see uh, the, which is too bad because after that yeah. there was a whole new world back to the, the first episode was pretty rough um but it got much better like for each consecutive episode as it went along got way better so by the time he got to the end i'm like this feels like like straight up like a movie like i don't know they they really hit their stride and then and got better towards the end which is why i guess walking dead really got good um but jurassic park is actually what turned me off of telltale because that one was actually uh, anyway, that, that was a true disaster that was a true disaster but um all that aside what else what else was there 
lost my train of thought now. Well, uh, Secret Cinema. Yes, um, yes. The, we we, we uh, mentioned, um, you know, like early. That was the top, one of the top nerdy things of last year. Yeah, and, uh, I got to check it out. It was uh, Secret Cinema is a company that puts on these live interactive film screenings that usually involve much more than a film screening. And in this case, they built a third scale replica of Hill Valley in uh, in London. And it was com- completely interactive. There were tons of actors. Everybody's in character. You were in the 1950s. You had a place in Hill Valley. We'll link to on this episode's page where there's the episode where I actually talk about it in full. Um, and it was amazing. They've been saying they wanted to take it to the U.S. And it was going to happen this year. We didn't hear anything about it until yeah. this interview with Bob Gale. Yeah. And what he, says, he said in spring of 2016, they're going to be doing it in L.A. Yes. That's, that's the current rumor. And they said uh, they also said that if it was successful enough... They would take it on tour throughout the United States. Which is insane. That is insane, but I, I'm still hopeful. Like I want to see it. <laughs> Do they have any idea where it's going to be? Um, it's going to be in, somewhere in California, possibly Long Beach. We, we don't have details yet. The uh, best thing would be to do it on the Universal Backlot where the clock tower is. That is true. That's, yeah. You're literally on the set. Like That's literally the courthouse square with the actual stores there. So instead of building it at like a two-thirds scale, just do it full scale in, so- in Hill Valley. So how does it work? So like you said, like you go and you have a house there. Like, is it a weekend jaunt no, that you take well, you to Hill Valley? You don't have a house. It's like it, it, you can't explain. When, it when was you there. when you get a ticket, they assign you a person. You are each individual person who's there of the two thousand or so people who attend at a, on a given night because it's a it's like a four hour five hour experience. Okay. You go there. You are that person. You're encouraged to dress in 1950s clothing, and uh, you you walk in uh, in the rural uh, Hill Valley around the. Uh, uh, Twin Pines Farm and uh, go up through the suburbs. Um, there's all these different houses. You can go in the houses. You can, you can talk on the phones. And they're approximations of houses. They're not real. They're like one-room concepts of houses, but you can walk into them. You can flip through their phone books. You can call the phone numbers, talk to like people on the, other, on the phones, interact with weird people, play all these games, get a, get a, uh, ha- uh, you know, hamburger and a hamburger and a milkshake at the the diner. You get your and, haircut too, right? Like at the barber shop or something. Yeah, you oh, can, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, you can you can go and you can watch that Ronald Reagan film, um, Cattle Queen of Montana. Cattle Queen of Montana. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's ludicrous. It's a really fully interactive experience. And d- during that time, there are also actors portraying Doc, Marty, Goldie Wilson, Lorraine, George, the whole nine yards, with the film unfolding around you until finally the film plays projected on the clock tower and. Uh, the film still unfolds around you as you're sitting on the in on the grass. Then um, a DeLorean comes out. There's a whole chase sequence. The, the Libyan chase sequence happens on the road surrounding the the green of the clock tower, and it's amazing. Pyrotechnics the works. And you can just decide to follow Marty, or you can decide to just follow Biff, and so you can see the movie unfold. Like the movie will happen, but it's like, what was Biff doing while Marty was out doing this? You can follow Biff and see what he was doing. Yeah, stuff that, that wasn't time. in the movie. Yeah. yeah, sounds like we'll need a nerdy show field trip. Yes. Yeah, I would recommend if you can go, you should go. Uh, I should also add that Secret Cinema this year did a Empire Strikes Back thing in London, and uh, we have some uh, pals who are over there. And in our next episode of State of the Empire, we're going to be talking to them about what the Empire Strikes Back experience was this year. So uh, keep an eye peeled. Secret Cinema—they're becoming very, very noteworthy, and now that they're going to lay claim on America as well. Because they've already covered some of my favorite movies. I mean, besides Back to the Future, they did um, uh, Miller Crossing. They did Blade Runner. I think they did the Blues Brothers. It's like it's it's pretty it's they, pretty crazy. They did Ghostbusters. They did, and yeah, of course they did Ghostbusters. There are several places that did Ghostbusters, but they did it too. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank I heard Redemption was, was crazy. Amazing, yeah. um, Alien, Prometheus. How long have they been around? 
Um, at least ten years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like They're they, good they go, at being yeah. Do all of their things get that detailed? Like Cap no, was talking I mean, about. Because I, I can't imagine going no, into right? too much detail with Blues Brothers. No. Um. Uh, <laughs> The the Back to the Future one is sort of like their biggest one by far, uh, but for like Blade Runner, they rented out like a warehouse and they had like uh, they would stack um, oh, oh shipping gosh. crates, shipping crates, uh, and so the shipping crates would like form a maze up to the main warehouse. And when you walk between the shipping crates, it was they would have all the overhanging like debris that made you feel like you're walking through um, futuristic Chinatown. And they had people selling their wares, and they had little people running around in costume, and dressed in all the weird like toy stuff, and just really getting you in that mood of. Uh, you're walking through future L.A., and uh, they had, like, sprayed in water like it was raining and keeping a dark neon everywhere. Then you get into the warehouse, and it was all just very large fans creating shadows, you know, like, it's just really getting the thing going. And then the screen was projected so big, and when they had people reenacting the movie, like, uh, uh, when uh, Roy was making his big jump, and he's picking up uh, Deckard from, like, from hanging over the cliff, he was actually hanging in front of the screen, and they had him lift God. him up. And pull oh. them up on top, so they're standing on top of the movie screen. Is where the where the building supposed to be. I would, because, oh, I would really involuntarily cool. weep. There would just be tears streaming yeah, down my face, yeah. tears in rain, of course, <laughs> tears in the rain. <laughs> but anyway, once these guys really lay their claim on America, we're going to see some serious shit. So yeah. uh, look forward to it, and we'll keep you posted because it's amazing. Uh, it, it won. It was top top tier, um, top nerdy things of 2014. So you know, it, it could be again. We don't give that away lightly. No, we do not. <laughs> So yeah, in, in, in summation, uh, big year for Back to the Future, and, and more to come because it's not over in 2015. 2016 keeps on coming. And I please, I want these memes to end. <laughs> Today is the day Marty went into the future. It's been happening <laughs> since 2012. <laughs> yeah, it's really ridiculous. Do you think maybe we'll see like uh, an old newspaper published in the you know 18 whenever? Is Actually, it... there was. Well, speaking of newspaper, Bob Gale said to uh, that he said wait till October 21st, 2015, and pick up a copy of USA Today for a surprise. Shut up. Nice. All Shut right. the fuck up. If they got a front page cover, oh my god. It could. Oh my god. That would be the best. Oh my fucking god. Oh man. I hope it's not just like, it's like, this looks completely normal. Turn the page and it's just a full spread, like, ad for pick up the Blu-ray. And I'm like, damn it, Bob! I trusted you! <laughs> but uh, but they're, they're, yeah, they're also releasing Blu-ray, obviously, Blu-ray box set with a complete um, release of the cartoon series that was on TV. Yeah, no, that's, and with, with the Bill Nye segments. With the Bill Nye and Christopher mm. Lloyd segments yeah. rein, uh, reinstated into it. So. so first time it's ever been collected, I believe. Yes, in its entirety, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and, and you can pre-order that now. Um, on Nerdy Show. On Nerdy Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're not familiar, we uh, we are Amazon affiliates, so if you go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, anything you buy can give back to the show. Also, the ultimate visual guide to Back to the Future, which is a new huge book that That's has awesome. uh, all the designs of like hoverboards, all the different pre-concepts for the DeLorean, um, behind-the-scenes photos that have never been seen before. It's pretty awesome. I'm definitely picking one up. <laughs> well, we'll link to where you can get both those things on this episode's page Indeed. specifically. <laughs> Well, in, in unrelated movie news, man, I got I got a I got a story. It's 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 just a, it's a mess. This is this is the Hollywood equivalent of relationship gossip in high school. Who's dating who, <laughs> and like all the convoluted zigzaggy ins and outs. If you were trying to diagram, we this all thing. love that. So go ahead, Cap. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but this this pertains to all of us because it it pertains to Pacific Rim, and uh, as we all know, that's one of the best movies of the last ten years. So it's very important to us that it gets a worthwhile sequel, uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Unfortunately, um, the studios, they, they, they consider Pacific Rim to be a, a problem property. In the end, it made enough money, 
Uh, it made a lot of money, especially in China, actually, probably because the Chinese had a kick-ass robot in that movie. And But the thing is, it's still not enough that they feel like a follow-up is worth the risk necessarily. We know there's a sequel in development right now. However, something really convoluted and weird has happened that has jeopardized the production of Pacific Rim 2, which is uh, tentatively titled Pacific Rim Maelstrom. That is, um, it relates to King Kong, Godzilla, and Jurassic World. All these things are related. Because oh, we want sequels to all of those movies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, here's something I didn't know. Universal does not own King Kong. What? Oh, huh? is it Legendary owns it? No, no one does. What? King, King Kong, he's public domain now. Oh, oh no. So Universal, they were bankrolling Legendary's King Kong film, Skull Island, uh, Kong is, I believe, what it's called, and they they actually have a a theme park attraction called uh, Skull Island Reign of Kong. Yeah, which is opening right next to Jurassic Park. Yeah, they've, they're building an island for it. It's coming out summer 2016. Wait, so, wait, in this Universal, so they took Isle's out Adventure. the King. Oh, so they took out the King Kong ride right, to replace years ago. it with the Mummy, which is and a good now ride. They're rebuilding it again. Right now, well, it's but, not the same ride. It's different. Uh, it's a new ride. It's different. You're on Skull Island, so okay. it's not just Kong. It's like dinosaurs and, and, and bugs if all their and concept all. work uh, is okay. to be believed, it's actually going to be a pretty amazing ride doing some crazy shit um that's both like a it's like a, a, a buggy ride like a safari buggy ride that's also like in big sets with all kinds of uh, animatronics and projections and it, cgi it, it stuff it seemed to me like they were taking the concept of the dinosaur ride at animal kingdom where your buggy is like on all four wheels are on the ground completely flat on a smooth surface but the buggy is moving up and down uh, okay take that but with the technology of some of the harry potter rides where they put a dome around you mm. so they're projecting screens 360 all around you of the creatures attacking you and everything else so, so is that replacing the current no it's, 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 it's actually not replacing anything yeah, which it's is a new, great it's a new area that they're just sort of squeezing it in between it, these buildings they are, they're building a new island into Islands of Adventure. Tiny one right next to Jurassic Park. Only for one ride. Right. <laughs> so, like, so it's a little little island the size of one ride, which makes sense because Skull Island's not that big. They were doing this, though. They're doing, Universal's doing this. Universal's adding this thing called Skull Island Reign of Kong in the park. They were going to be releasing Skull Island Kong, the film, and now they're not. Now they're like, Warner Brothers, you can have it. And here's why. Legendary Pictures, you're probably familiar with them. They've got their name on lots of different films. That's because this guy, Thomas Tull, who runs it, he finances a lot of movies. He's a really cool dude. He's kind of eccentric, so I like that about him. He it, he loves cool. He just loves cool shit. Everybody I've ever talked to who knows him or has worked with him, it's like, this guy, he's so energetic. He has a ton of money. He loves cool shit. He'll bankroll stuff that's awesome. He's why we have Pacific Rim. In general, he's... And for I mean, there's there's a couple clunkers in there, but he's kind of why we have some nice things. However, the studio system is a bit, it, well, it's interesting. Outdated. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, they need his money. There was a time where Universal they didn't have uh, much uh, much in the way of, of big shot financiers funding their films, so they were happily taking this dude's money. But then, like, oh, Thomas Tull, you're taking too much credit for what you're doing. We're taking your money, but we don't like that you're taking so much credit for, say, the Christopher Nolan Batman films. Or in this case, Jurassic World. You took too much credit for that. We took yes, we took your money, but you took too much credit for that. So we're I'm, mad at you. I'm sorry, you lose that right though. I mean, if, if he's the reason that the whole fucking movie got made, like then he can take as much credit as he wants because his dollars went into it. And yeah, if you don't want his money, his money yeah. don't take his money. <laughs> now, I might be summarizing wrongly, so if I am, let me know. But this is this is basically the, the information that I've interpreted. So Universal, they weren't they weren't doing so great, but they had a great year. 
last year, yes. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic World made tons of money. So now they're like, you know what? Toll, we don't want you to throw your weight around anymore. Um, he had the, the deal to get King Kong there. He was like, you can have Kong, but we, uh, I want you to distribute two films that uh, aren't probably going to do very well. And they were uh, Michael Mann's film Black Hat and also the fantasy film Seventh Son. So those, those went out. Universal didn't lose much money, but they did put their name on it. They did spend time pro- promoting it. Now they're like, look, we don't need your money anymore. Uh, we're done with you. Uh, so go back to Warner Brothers where you already burned some bridges because of them not liking the credit you were taking for the Batman films. But there's another thing. There's another reason they were mad with them, guys. There's another reason mm-hmm. they were mad with this guy. Because he was putting King Kong in the world of the Godzilla reboot, even though Godzilla is a Warner Brothers film and King Kong was a Universal film. And they were like, dude, mm. dude, you can't do that. Dude, you cannot reference the uh, the Monarch organization in this. We cannot have these films cross over. We're different companies. What don't you understand about that? And he's like, I'm doing it. So he did it. And they're like, fuck you, get over to Warner Brothers. Wow. Huh. So Marvel does it. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, King Kong, not a very problematic film as well. Like it's like Michael Keaton was on it. He left the project. It's being directed by a dude who has, uh, only one major film to his name, which I say major, but it was an indie film It was called the Kings of summer. Uh, his name's, uh, Jordan, uh, vote Roberts. And, so relative unknown young guy, kind of similar situation to Jurassic World. Yeah, in yeah. It's written by the guy who wrote Godzilla and the guy who wrote Real Steel and the guy who wrote uh, Safety uh, Not Guaranteed and Jurassic World and is also one of the dudes who's working on the current reboot of Flight of the Navigator, which... Wait, whoa. What? Yes. There's going to be a reboot of that? What's funny about this, I when I saw this in uh, on Wikipedia, was in 2009, in one of the first Nerdy Show episodes we ever recorded, we talked about the publicized reboot of Flight of the Navigator. If I was reading this correctly, if the information I saw is correct, he's actually rewriting the script from that attempted 2009 reboot that we reported on all those years ago. Not only that, on one of the first State of the Empires, when the, the early rumor was that they were looking at Colin Trevorrow to direct Episode Seven, and he was like, I can, confirm, I can either confirm or deny what I'm working on. And then the rumors kept swirling around that he was attached because... Other people close to him said, well, we can't tell you what he's working on, but he's working on something that would be really close to your childhood. That ended up being true for Jurassic World. Before it was announced that he was doing Jurassic World, but after it was announced that J.J. Abrams was doing Star Wars, it was like, well, what is that childhood thing he's working on? The rumors were big time suggesting that Colin Trevorrow was going to direct Flight of the Navigator. Which may still be true. Exactly. Jesus Christ. So, so Colin said- Trevorrow is doing Jurassic World, <laughs> Flight of the Navigator, Star Wars, like literally everything. So I don't know. Yeah. Whoever said that life is just like high school all over again is really, <laughs> really correct. So that film had that film's had some trouble. It, it may be fine. I don't know. But now it's at Warner Brothers. And now Warner Brothers is like, dude, this is great. Godzilla and King Kong. OK, let's let's do it. They're going they're going to explain. It doesn't even matter. King Kong is, is so tiny, big, but tiny that him climbing the Empire State Building is a big deal while Godzilla is huge. Godzilla will accidentally brush up against the Empire State Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And like, knock I mean, it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, don't worry, guys. We're confident we can come up with a rationale to explain how King Kong and Godzilla can not only do battle, but possibly become allies. So they're like, three. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, he's gonna get, inf- he's gonna get bitten by something and get infected. He's gonna grow to the size of Godzilla. That's the only I can. I three imagine. film deal, guys. Three film oh, deal. God. Oh my! God. I don't know how I feel about that at all. Well, you're Pro- gonna feel worse because because of this three film deal, where we have the crossover between King Kong and Godzilla, that we're pretty sure it seems like dubious whether it's a good idea. More or not. likely now than ever, though. It's, it seems more likely that <laughs> right. more than ever that. Because of this deal, because of this money being circulated around, because of Warner Brothers being more interested in this than the uncertain project of Pacific Rim 2, Pacific Rim 2 may have been shelved. However, uh, Guillermo del Toro said, hey, no, I understand. Look, this thing's probably going to get delayed. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's not gone. They're still in pre-production. They're still finalizing the script. And within the month, they'll be submitting a budget. So it's still being worked on, but it is probably going to get delayed, and, and he may have to do another film before he does Pacific Rim 2. It, maybe it's not dead. Maybe it is. It's hard to say. I, I was more excited about the prospect of Godzilla being in Pacific Rim than King Kong being Ditto. in Godzilla. Well, and, and, and you're not alone in that. In fact, on uh, Nerdy Show Lounge, the exclusive hangout for Nerdy Show Patreon backers at $10 and more, if you want to hang out with the host of Nerdy Show and all other Nerdy Show fans— and contribute comments to this very series. Well, David Van Pelt, he said, picture it. Godzilla pops up and completely wipes out one of the smaller islands off Japan. The military is completely outmatched and resorts to tracking the monster. She continues surfacing and destroying, clearly working towards the mainland of Tokyo. The military is flipping out when an old Hollywood film exec shows up with an old film canister. He shows them footage from Skull Island taken in the 30s and says it might be their best hope. The military goes to Skull Island, captures King Kong or Son of Kong or what, dead. whatever. <laughs> he, he said, he's fan King, fiction. King Kong. He said King Kong or the Son of Kong. Van Pelt's got his, his, his base is corner. Don't worry about All it. All right. Uh, and so they get they get him and bring him back. 30 minutes of monster fight ends with a dead Kong and Godzilla retreating back into the ocean, but she's tracked all the way back to the rift, and the last signal received is a sign that another kaiju is coming. Oh shit, says the world. We end on the unveiling of the blueprints for the first Jaeger. And that's that's David Van Pelt's plan on how to tie all this together. I don't know. I feel like given the last Godzilla movie, Godzilla would be like, if Pacific Rim, like Jaegers, were getting in trouble, then Godzilla might show up and finish off the kaiju or something, you know? Yeah, because, you know... Like, that seems like it would be more in line that, that Godzilla would be anti-kaiju. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean... Because they're an invading force. Yeah, if Godzilla's, like, the, the keeping the balance of nature, yeah. would it be his job to eat the kaiju? It would be. It, w- it would be, yeah. I mean, I mean he might... Godzilla's he might job be. to eat everything. You're right, you're right. He probably you're wouldn't, right. He w- he wouldn't probably help the Jaegers directly, 
he might even fight the Jaegers if they get in the way just because they're they're weird too. But And it's hard enough to get regular size King Kong off of Skull Island. How do you get kaiju size King Kong off of Skull Island? You have a bunch of bananas and you put it on a helicopter and he just swims. Like, no, and you build a really it. big barrel. <laughs> and he's going to climb in and you tr- and you fire it at the moon. Yeah. <laughs> There, there would have to be dinosaurs on that island, though, to sustain him. You know, oh, like, yeah. What is he yeah. eating <laughs> if he's that big? Well, I mean, isn't that the, isn't that the point of Skull Island? Aren't there dinosaurs on Skull Island? I mean, I don't, well, that's what I'm saying. There would Peter Jacksons. But apes, I mean, apes are omnivores, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, but don't most gorillas, like, live off of veg, the vegetation? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So he, King Kong eats that, you know, like he eats... Giant bananas. And insects. He could eat, like, those giant bugs. Like grubs, the giant, giant grubs. They're to have slimy but size. Kaiju fine. size though, like no, no, no. I'm talking regular Kong. That's what I'm saying. The the plot hole is when you have kaiju size Kong. Okay, it's kaiju Kong. Yeah, because they, yeah, they that, have that's to. Terrible. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, but that's what it is. So this is what we're dealing with. This is why Pacific Rim Two may or may not happen. It's not over yet, but uh, we got to let them fight. So we'll see let what happens. Fight. And this, I feel, is a great example for why the studio system is uh, falling to pieces. They're relying on the money of a dude who just wants to do cool films, and. And yet have their own weird little infighting. For them to say no to that much money, there has to be something else going on. I would maybe so, but I don't know. It's weird. Universal wouldn't help finance Crimson Peak, the new Guillermo del Toro film that comes out on October sixteenth. The really cool looking horror film looks amazing. They're like, "Yo, this is a rated R film. It has to be PG thirteen, or you're not getting any of our money." That's, I really hate that. Yeah, I hate it too. They're, they're, they're sacrificing the quality and the longevity of properties because they want to get more butts and seats in a theater system that I love movie theaters, but the whole thing is fucked. I mean, if you start charging $5 for seats again, maybe you're going to see people come back. But right now, you're, you're out of your fucking mind. $20 a ticket is bullshit. Mm. So, I, personally, I get turned off if something is like PG-13 that looks like it probably shouldn't be. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, right. well, they're going to be censoring themselves and doing you know, Good stupid like, cutaways. and yeah. Like so many films get like watered down and ruined because of that bullshit. So it's a mistake. And and all the the great classic films. I mean, what would Alien be if it was PG thirteen? What would it be? Garbage. Garbage. Yes, it'd be bullshit. Jaws was PG. PG meant something different back then. That's true. Jaws would have been PG thirteen, possibly even R. I think Jaws would be. I think Jaws is R now. Back Back to the Future was PG. Back to the Future would have been PG thirteen if it came out today. Oh, most definitely. It's different. It's a different world. The rating system is bullshit. The studios are bullshit. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to change. Within our lifetimes, it's going to change, whatever it is. And on that note, we're all sad. <laughs> and on that note, fuck the movie industry. Yeah. Fuck the man. <laughs> Keeping down cool movies. This guy has so much money. Why doesn't he just start his own studio? Like, Why doesn't he just yeah. do whatever the fuck yeah, he wants? If, yeah. I, why doesn't I, he start like a... Cool guy studio. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, or like a Kickstarter for... For movies, like I think we need yeah. to stop pre-order this movie and get this off of the record that we should just approach him with our idea for movie studio, <laughs> and then he'll just fund us. We should. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. We're cool dudes we're and cool. dudettes. Yeah. yeah, we're cool. We're super cool. So we should hang out with Thomas Tull. Uh, yeah, so that was a good transition. That was good, yeah. We'll just leave that in. We should, no, (laughs) really. (laughs) I want that as a ringtone. (laughs) 3 a.m. Hear that ringtone. (laughs) 
3 a.m. rolls around. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy it, sure. Really? How much would you buy that for? A dollar. It is going up on the store for a dollar. <laughs> No freebies for you either. You <laughs> said you would buy it for a dollar. I'm holding you to that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Or or we could make it available to, to patrons a dollar and more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have it be exclusive the, the, Patreon content. Yeah, the, the I'd buy that for a dollar special. I'll show them what we think of it. <laughs> Here, this is worth a dollar. <laughs> Maybe it can it can be a ploy to get people to give us more dollars to be like do you want this awesome ringtone this content and more coming no, that's, only, that's only for the high level producers get the ringtone and they're paying all that money and all they get is us going ring 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 <laughs> ringtone pick up the phone pick it up <laughs> <laughs> this is Boar with Nerdy Show and I have to say to you pick up your fucking phone <laughs> Just shit like that. People make a lot of money doing shit like that. It's like the stupid ringtones. I just I won't go into it. Just derail us even further. Well, if they do make stupid money doing that, then we should be stupid and do that. Yeah, but then we'd be stupid. <laughs> but we'd be stupid with money. We can get stupid a money. Stupid with bend. money doesn't make you cool. It's what you do with that money that makes you cool. Like Tom Tull. Yeah. Yep. You start out with Buy stupid your with way. money. Buy your way to coolness. Yeah, Pacific Rim. Buy too. your way to coolness. Yeah, I'd, I'd get that book. <laughs> Yo, <It's done. laughs> write it. I'll, I'll write it right now. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually selling the ebook on buyyourwaytocoolness.com. Uh, it's a five step process. One, back buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> step number one: buy this fifteen dollar ebook. Buy, buy the book. Backwards baseball cap, fanny pack, rollerblades, sunglasses. That's how you're cool. Now you don't have to give away the entire contents of my ebook. Oh, now they don't have to spend the fifteen dollars. Yeah, now they don't have to spend the fifteen dollars. You ruined everything. They're not going to know where to put those. But but there's really pretty pictures to go along with each of those things you listed. Those instructional illustrations that let you know what to do with them because you might not know. I'm not going to say does it. Does it you, go on your head? Well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, where and, does the fanny pack go? Right. color choices. <laughs> on your I mean, fanny? So what, what colors do you choose? Or is that just That's the supplemental Plus, in England, pamphlet. In England, fanny pack <laughs> means something totally into, oh, yeah. different. Yeah. 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 So, different. yeah, where do you put it? <laughs> Spend $15 and you can find out. <laughs> uh, if that domain's available, I should do that and we should leave it in. Well, which which domain? Buy your way to cool. Oh, I like that as an Easter egg. <laughs> we can get some '90s clip art and just like make a fifteen dollar ebook that's just fucking garbage. I can send. I, we can put up the picture of me as a ten year old in rollerblades with uh, elbow pads and knee pads, and I look like fucking Big Bird. It's, it's, it's buy your way to cool, and it's a fifteen step thing that actually just tells you how to make a fifteen step ebook and sell it on Amazon. <laughs> But we're giving you away the first step for free because the first yeah, step the is title. buy yeah, this yeah. book. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how you get them that's in the too. When you, it's, it's like it's like buy your way to cool. The secret is you already have accomplished step one. You're like, well, I got to figure out how did I do it. So you buy the book, and it's congratulations, you've already completed step one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's available. Uh, buy your way to cool dot com. <laughs> 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 um, but also buy your way number two 
cool.com is, is also available. And having it in the number two instead of the word two, uh, though maybe a little bit confusing, is cooler. I don't know. You could do both. But buy your way to cool. Either either option, totally available. Hmm. And and for the idiots out there, we might want to buy buy your way T O O cool. <laughs> <laughs> just to rewrote. Just re- re- you gotta, you gotta cover all your bases because you don't know where these people are going in their minds. Yeah, and we spent true. our entire Patreon and just, uh, instead of B U Y, just B Y. Some people yeah. might so be too T W O too. It's like, yeah. So just do yeah, the text yeah. version. It's just B Y U R W A Y numeral two C O O L or K E W L or K O O L. Yeah, for those more combat cool fans, right. the cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, it was good. Good, good time. We'll just release this on Wednesday as a Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> make my life so easy. A starter's guide to being an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> a- anybody else seen the, the new Muppet Show? Yes. I, was it good? I liked it. It was. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was crazy thing. The preview that they released online, as you know, like here's like it was like the the thing from San Diego that they I saw that, that they released yeah. publicly, right? You know the premise. They they come into the boardroom. They're like, oh hey, they're going to do a show about yeah. us. We got to get Miss Piggy. She's a film actress now. Yeah, yeah. We got what's the trick? They they I don't know how the fuck they had time to like refilm everything. They changed the entire premise of the show. What? Yeah, huh. it's not about them. Like yeah, getting... now it's like The Office basically in the way that it's. Right. It, it, was, it was still that it was meant to be a show in that format, oh, but this okay. one was going to be about them getting a show. But in this case, it started like instead of them having that roundtable planning for they're not oh. they're not working on Miss Piggy's sh- like in the show now they're working on Miss Piggy's talk show. Um, like she's a big uh, deal, yeah. right? And and they're all working on her show. But in the other one, they were going to do a brand new Muppet show, and the the problem was they had to get Miss Piggy, who's a film actress. I now. remember that. Okay, yeah, no, that's that kind of intrigued me because we're you know she's like, and you, whoever you are, goes, it's Gonzo. We've done like you know six movies. Yeah, <laughs> like no, I don't remember you. It's like, like I thought that was funny. And like, they, they had Topher Grace in it, and like everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was awesome. How I does Topher I, Grace feel about being cut out? I don't know. I, and I I love the original premise, and this one's good too. They actually cannibalize jokes from some of those scenes hmm. as they're getting things started. Yeah, didn't they do something with Gonzo? They they had was they, was, Gonzo had the joke about like oh yeah the he cut, had the cutaway <laughs> thing. I love that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that was, that was such a great uh, mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I hate those. I, I love them. What a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and there was like good jokes and so on. But it was just weird because I thought the original premise was stronger, and now they switched premises to Miss Piggy has a talk show. The Muppets are working on the talk show, and uh, we'll see where it goes. You know the way everybody has been talking about the whole. Kermit getting a new girlfriend and ditching Miss Piggy. Right, like, yeah. No, but the way that everybody's been talking about it, I thought the Muppets season was like half over. I thought I was getting into it late. Oh, oh, you, but you it just, just started. Right, yeah. How have people been talking about this for months? Because that was a plot element of the uh, the stuff that they released earlier. Okay. Yeah, and they've been doing a bunch of promos around like them being broken up. They and... were making it seem like it has been like a really well developed plot line or something. And no. I, I thought it was much further along than it actually is. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's first episode. Like, and they've, you know, those well, guys. And been... the first is Fozzie's got a human girlfriend too now or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. And people um, were like, this is weird. Or, we don't like this. It's like, it's the fucking I, Muppets. Like, I, right. you... I thought that storyline was great. Like it was, it was a guess who's coming to dinner with a Muppet. I mean, yeah. that's fucking <laughs> genius. Yeah. And, and I mean, 
the million moms thing hardly bears mentioning, but the fact that there's a group of people protesting that this show is aimed at adults and that's fucked up because Muppets are for kids. Fucking ignorant fuckers. The first Muppet special was called Sex and Violence. It was a Valentine's special in the 1970s. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Idiots. But the show, the show's good. I, I hope it keeps it up. Uh, I'm just, I'm just really confused. Like that really, that really confused me. How they were able because like they showed that preview at Comic Con only that was a few months like ago, and first, it's like, I thought that was like here's a sneak peek at the first half of the first episode. Yeah, exactly. Right? And and I'm like, oh great, too. I want to see the rest of that. And now it's like that wasn't even it. No. I mean, this Weird. this also almost doesn't really make any sense to me. Like, why would they be working as staffers on a Miss Piggy show when they all had a show yeah, together like just, at it, some it, point? I, I would rather get the fake behind the scenes look at how do you make the Muppet Show? Right. Like that to me sounds. Yeah, and ma- and maybe maybe that'll be like a mid season plot thing of like Miss Piggy gets canceled and they got a I don't I don't know it's it's just weird. Yeah, it's weird because I thought they they even showed like maybe they just filmed portions of scenes for the preview stuff but they filmed stuff of them getting the group together. There was the shot of Miss Piggy decides that oh yeah no I am gonna like uh, her the actress thing she was playing it off like it was going really well but it actually wasn't so she comes back to the Muppets and they're all supposed to thank her and there's a scene where she's walking into the. Uh, uh, to the building and accidentally runs into a a, a door because it was too clear and it leaves this big makeup puff of like a pig snout, a snout on the door. Yeah. It was so good, and that's not in the show because that whole plot, that whole scene, that whole plot's gone. Somehow they they retrofitted the entire show. I just don't know. Is how it they possible it. that that was in the future of this? I don't see how. What if Miss Piggy gets involved in some sort of a scandal and she gets canceled, and then like between the seasons or something, there's like a time jump. Maybe I just, and then they, but that like, would insinuate that they filmed a lot of stuff ahead of time. But then why lift jokes from a deleted scene from a future episode? That's true. It's it's it's, it's really strange. I could it's see really them weird. revisiting it though because Miss Piggy's I mean kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. So I could easily see her getting into some sort of a scandal and then just like getting mm-hmm. her show taken away. Yeah, I'd believe it. I'd believe it. I I I, I want to see more. I I enjoyed it enough. But it's just it's just so weird. It's such a weird thing. And I'm sure um I'm sure that Muppet Central, the the Muppet fan site, is like probably has all the answers for me. But I haven't I haven't dove into the the forums to figure out what that. Okay, okay, guys, I, I I'm new here. What the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's the answers? I'm sure they probably know, but I haven't I haven't figured it out yet. If you know uh, what's what's up with that, let us know. Leave a comment. So I saw Turbo Kid this past weekend. Um, I'd seen a trailer online. Wait, uh, you saw the whole movie? Yes, yeah, the whole film. Yep. Oh, yes, in, in a theater. In the theater, yes. It's been in the, in the festival circuit for a while, and I, I saw I saw the trailer online. Really impressive, uh, uh, like retro future wasteland pastiche of eighties nineties themes, nerdy themes generally. We'll link to the trailer on this episode's page. It's in short. It's about a world after a global disaster. Humanity's really funky, really spread out. They only ride bicycles, and this one kid who's living alone is obsessed with a comic book character who is also a real-world hero called Turbo Rider, who rode a cool BMX bike and had this, like, gauntlet that shot lasers, and they were fighting some robots. And But the world he's in now, it's got, like, dudes with gauntlets that shoot um, saw blades and, like, all kinds of just, like, funky trial-by-fire Thunderdome shit. Yeah, from the trailer, it looked exactly like Mad Max meets Kick-Ass. Yeah, that's, and that's a, that's a fair combo. Um, and it was, but it's good. It's really good. Hmm. Uh, I, I love this movie. Keep an eye out for it. It's 
making the rounds in like art theaters and it could potentially get a wider release as well. It's an indie film. But there's really no no knowns there except for um, the lead villain, who's Michael Ironside. Doug, you have some feelings about this. You haven't seen it. I'm the only one who's seen, seen it. it. So it's not, it's not fair for me to judge the film. Uh, so I'm not going to judge the film. I'm just going to say that it it reminded me of Kung Fury, and I'm like the only person I know who was who was really disappointed by Kung Fury. Yeah, you're you're straight up wrong. Because well, no, I, I don't. No, I don't <laughs> feel like I'm wrong. Opinion, but... I, don't, I don't. I don't feel like I'm wrong. I just feel like I. Did, Sometimes I, you don't feel like you're wrong when you're totally wrong. Well, I just no. It's just that I I get no entertainment from pure nostalgia, right? It's like Kung Fury is nothing but nostalgia, and it's hey, look at that! Doesn't that make you think of that? Yeah, but where's where's the joke? Like where's the where's the story? What's happening? Why, why am I why am I watching it? But with Turbo Kid, you probably uh, didn't like Far Cry Blood Dragon either. Uh, I didn't play it. So you, should, I don't know if you would even want to because it's yeah. it's the same thing. It's like Kung Fury the video game almost. At least Kung Fury, the video game, would be interactive instead of a passive experience. Yes. If you're not familiar with Kung Fury, it was a, a film funded on Kickstarter. It's kind of like um, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow in that it's this it's a live-action thing that's done with tons and tons of CGI compositing in a world almost like a cartoon reality of, of, a, of a retro future sort of deal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about you know arcade cabinets and hacking time and... Being really cool, fighting Nazis, uh, laser beams. And you are literally describing the plot. That is not, oh, it's about that. It's like, no, that happens. There is no story. It's only 30 minutes long. It's three vignettes of unrelated scenes, whereas, like, the music video... I thought the music video was great, and like the music the, video is great. The music video is great they, because they, it, they got David Hasselhoff to do yeah. a new hit single that is it, because amazing. It, the music video encapsulates everything that is the movie. In a Within really short three form. minutes, yeah. yeah, because that's all it is. It's like I love pancakes, but I'm not going to go to an all-you-can-eat pancake buffet. Why oh, not? You totally should. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. No, it's a good after, idea. After the second plate, I'm I can like, speak oh wait, experience. let me guess, more pancakes. It's a good idea, man. If you can get different <laughs> pancakes, sure. If you can say, I want blueberry this time or chocolate chip pancakes, but no, it's just the well, same. If, it if was that's the same not thing. an option, you're going to a shitty pancake buffet. We need to take yeah. him to and the sugar mill. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to go to the old and sure, sugar mill. Sure, fine. Man. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Kung Fury was a shitty pancake buffet for me because it was the same thing every scene. It was just the same thing over and over I, and over again. I feel like Kung Fury is, um, in many ways, a modern incarnation of the cartoon realities of Airplane and Naked Gun, but in a completely different visual scenario. Because it's just it's, Naked Gun had jokes. So did Kung Fury, but they Kung were, Fury was that was like that was like the worst of Family Guy to me. Kung Fury, where it's like, hey, you remember when people wore crazy hair and like you remember when they wore these weird outfits and oh, you remember the Power Glove? What if like the Power Glove made you go through time? Wouldn't that be cool? That's yeah. that's what that was. And it's me sitting across from that guy is Kung Fury. But you also learned about the Kung Fury fighting style and why it was so important. You know what? I'll recant just to say that the one joke that I really did actually like, it got the one legitimate laugh out of me, was um, I'm going to have to defeat the greatest Kung Fu master that ever lived, Adolf Hitler, a.k.a. Kung Fuhrer. But they ruined that by putting that in the trailer for the Kickstarter video. So it's like it was the same thing. It's like I didn't get anything out of it, which is why I've been uh, careful about Turbo Kid because the trailer was just more of like, Hey, you like the '80s? I'm like, well, I was born there. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's like you like Mad Max, yeah, and I like BMX movies and and BMX bikes and you know whatever. Okay, I can't I, say there's a BMX movie I've ever liked. BMX Bandits. 
Mm, no. I don't know. Whatever. I like E.T. I consider E.T. E.T. E- e- is a BMX movie. E.T. <laughs> e- is a BMX movie? <laughs> what? I mean, I've never heard of BMX movies as a genre, so I'll take that. How do you get more okay, extreme but... than flying past the sun on a bike? That's like saying that Back to the Future is no, a DeLorean movie. The, the it's not about DeLorean. It's the moon, man. It's the moon. Amblin Entertainment logo. It's a moon, man. Um, you guys gonna need to get educated because Cash yeah, your ET he does card. go over the moon. He does go past the moon, but at the end they go past the sun. The whole group of them at uh, the BMX fuck. scene of that movie, they're going uh, over the sand dunes. They go over. He's right. They go oh, over yeah. car cars. Uh, yes, and used to be being right. Computer is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I never should have tried to out Doug Doug. It was yeah. a mistake. I just, I, but to, and it's in the defense in the defense of Kung Fury, I will say I think if it marketed itself as more of like an experimental thing. Of like, hey, we want to make this movie that is just like a 30-minute love of 80s sort of thing. Whereas I, mean, I always they, felt uh, that the joke, the real overarching joke of Kung Fury was, look how extreme this is. We're taking this so far. It's so funny how far we've taken it, which is how I read it, which is why I enjoy it so much. Because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. They I just feel like so the, far. the Kickstarter was like, we want to make a movie. I'm like, oh, dude, go make a movie. Yeah, for sure. But then what we got was like a 30-minute experiment that they... I don't want to read into it because I don't know what the production situation was. I don't know if they had money or didn't have money or if they never had an idea or if they did and they had to cut it down. I don't know. I, so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. But So did you give money to the Kickstarter? I like, almost did. Is that where did. it's coming from? Because, no, no. Like, I, I really almost – I was like – I almost <laughs> like, buyer's remorse. Like, yeah, like, thank like, you. This is what I got. No, I, I almost gave them like like 10 bucks because I'm like, this looks like it could be really cool. I want to yeah. see a feature-length movie where it's like – Something like Sin City, where it's like there is like stories spun throughout, but yeah. even Sin City had you know its problems. But like I want to see like people unrestrained by a studio system to give nostalgia and comedy in a way that I would really appreciate as a nerd. Oh. But instead, it was an art film, like an experimental film that just dabbled with eighties, you know. And that's why I felt like a letdown. Like this isn't a movie. This is a thirty-minute joke in their defense they did spend about half their budget getting david hasselhoff to do the music video and that maybe that's the problem maybe maybe that other half of the but and the music was great like if it was just not the music an actual video, fact by the way all right fine <laughs> i believed it that's how that's how much i was like disappointed but yeah getting like the lamborghini or the if it maybe they didn't even maybe this maybe the lamborghini was cg i don't know but like having that with david hasselhoff in the music video spot on i thought that was great it's it said everything that the movie said you know, and more legitimately because Hasselhoff was singing. Whereas in the movie, it's like Hasselhoff's the voice of the car because it's a joke. Dude, hey, Hasselhoff was in the that, 80s. That part at the end with Hasselhoff in it was the most throwaway scene bullshit part of the film. I hate that part. I feel yeah. like the whole movie was throwaway, though. That's the thing. <laughs> like, your complaint about the Hasselhoff joke, that ex- same explanation of why that joke falls flat, I apply to the rest of the film. I don't know. I didn't take as critical of an eye to it, and I was just, like, giggling at how ridiculous it was and And, and and half an hour is a long enough period of time where it's like i don't mind that it's just a stupid joke for half an hour it may have been purely because of the expectations that i had where it's like kickstarter says we want to make a movie and then you know a year goes by i'm like oh that movie those guys were gonna make they did it and it's done play immediately i was excited and then it's like why is the timeline only 30 minutes long is this a movie what is this you know and then it's like oh is this like a pilot for a proposed show then no it's just well, I, I think you'll like Turbo Kid, and here's yes, why. Yes, so please, go into it, yes. Because Turbo Kid is subdued, because Turbo Kid has all that, like, nostalgia. It takes place in 1997. Like, it's it's an alternate reality, 1997. So, like, the future of the 80s. Right, right exactly. Yeah. But, the, but the, the, the rotten, awful future. Everything's destroyed. There's acid rain. Uh, but it's, it is an indie film. It has a low budget. 
and that puts it in the same wheelhouse as some of, say, what you might be your favorite low-budget sci-fi films of the 80s and 70s. So it's got uh, a world that feels very small, very intimate, and all the ridiculous stuff that happens is special. Um, it's a silly premise, but it's got a ton of heart, a lot of... And, and yeah, you can you can look to, to characters and things and be like, well, that kind of feels like this one thing. There's... Um, Water's really precious in it, and you find out that the bad guy's grinding people into water. And, I mean, that's straight out of Tank Girl. And it was done better in Tank Girl, even. That's maybe I, one of the biggest fa- failings of this film, was that my reaction, people into water. Okay. My, my, my initial reaction was kind of, um, I mean, I'll see it if it's good, but I'm, it's not, I'm not going to get excited for it. Because right. I don't know, again, me personally, the expectations, the aesthetic of, hey, 80s, you know, 80s technology and, you know, nerdy 80s things. Oh, by the way, Grindhouse. And it's like, do those really match up? I mean, I mean, from and you, from you seeing the movie, like, did that? Did I, it ever feel like it was schizophrenic in tone? Um, no, I, I'm very sensitive to pandering, but I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. Well, apparently, I'm more sensitive to pandering than you are, <laughs> and, 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 nost- yeah. and nostalgia. But uh, I, I really, I really don't like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. I don't like pandering, and this film, like, I'm, I'm but I'm okay with someone, you know, Turbo Kid feels more along the lines of what we want to do with lightning dogs insofar as the attitude of like that like it's it's referential of a certain kind of nostalgia of a certain kind of vibe of a certain kind of mindset a certain kind of plot a certain kind of wacky characters but it's its own thing enough that it was fun i felt good about it i enjoyed the experience i'm just looking for consistency yeah it's consistent okay because it just seems like such a jarring thing to put in a blender to mix them together like the -the over-the-top gore of like a grindhouse 70s grindhouse movie but yet have the sleek sound in eighties like uh, stylings and the, colors. The gore is over like, the top. It really yeah. is. But eventually, I be- and I without I don't feel I should have in a spoiler free commentary. I should really explain why it feels right. But eventually, the over the top gore I feel validates itself. Is it like kick ass and that the over the top gore is funny? Like do they do they keep a humor element yes. to it? Or? Oh my god, yes. Okay, like it's ridiculous. It gets fucking silly. Because yeah, I mean, if it was going to be like a grindhouse thing and just be gore for the sake of gore i'd be like eh, see um, see if, if i had not seen the trailer and bore pitched it to me as mad max meets kick-ass i'd be like that sounds interesting but when i saw the trailer my instinct was com- was to compare it to kung fury meets hobo with a shotgun and those are two things i didn't care for right so uh, you see what i'm saying about consistency and tone and how totally I mean, you know i i know um i i think i think you would like this because it has characters because it has moments because it 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 works. It's a functional film, and obviously, then, then cool. Yeah. Then yeah, then I'll probably check it out, and I'll hate you even more if I if I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you will lose a lot of trust in me. Tony so and I, I will have to kick you out of Lightning Dogs. <laughs> oh, I am gonna. <laughs> we'll see about that, friend. No, nah, because I think Tony likes Kung Fury, so you guys are probably gonna kick me out of Lightning Dogs. So it's like, <laughs> that's more likely where it's gonna go. I'll say, fine. I'm gonna make my own show. Uh, Lightning Dogs. If you're not familiar, is uh, a uh, a concept we accidentally created on an episode of Nerdy Show where we, uh, in, 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 in brief, yeah. uh, about a bunch of uh, anthropomorphic dogs who traveled to Earth, um, which is where they came from, their species, hundreds of years ago, only to find it a wasteland ruled over by mutants and the dreaded glampire. And we said, all that 80s nostalgia crap that everyone's shoveling now, uh, what if it was actually good and served a purpose? So uh, we're we're still <laughs> it's a project we're still developing. There's more info at lightningdogs.com. We got shout outs for new patrons. We got Stephen Williams. We got Robert Robert L. Lickens. I'm not even like Lickens. L I K 
INS Lickens the second. That's awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. There was I, a second. I didn't know there was a first. Yeah. So those um, those guys, they're uh, they're new patrons to Nerdy Show. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, we should remind everybody that uh, Patreon. You can subscribe to us. You support the entire Nerdy Show network, not just Nerdy Show, but all the other programming here. And we got different tiers. We got different things available. All kinds of bonus perks, outtakes, and other stuff. Exclusive access to the Nerdy Show Lounge, where you can help us come up with the topics that we populate this show with. But also, it's the best way to say thank you to us, I, I guess. Is, <laughs> you, you unappreciative know, e- bastards. <laughs> yeah, even even a, a really small amount, like a dollar, means a ton yeah. to us. Yeah, it we, really we, does. We want to emphasize that every little bit counts, and we've been seeing some dollar donations lately, and that's actually really important to us because, as we've mentioned in the past, most successful um, or most well-funded Patreon projects are largely people giving a dollar. So if that's all you can afford, that is okay. Do not be bashful. It will make a huge difference to us. But you guys got to team up. Like a pyramid scheme? Get everybody you know? Get everybody you know. <laughs> so if you find five people and they all give it the dollar. But yeah, even if you can't give that dollar, don't feel bad. We'll still give you the content for free and everything. Yeah, Just yeah, tell, yeah, yeah. Tell we a still friend. Love you. Yeah, do, do tell a friend. Like well, Spread the word. Well, tell a friend, but also shop via the Amazon links because that doesn't require you to spend anything you weren't already spending on Amazon anyway. That's very true. So if you can, a dollar's great. But if you can't, then just do your regular shopping on Amazon like you were going to do anyway. And, and you don't you, have to give anything. And if you buy something like on Amazon that you want to say that you bought on Amazon, just, just shoot us a message. Info at nerdyshow.com. Be like, yo, I did this crazy thing. And we're like, wow, thank you. We will thank you on the show. Just let us know. And if you don't Drop shop on line. Amazon, then just share it with a friend. Yeah. Uh, and we mention all this because we are entirely listener supported. We rely on you. We have no corporate backing. Uh, the legendary pictures hasn't uh, bought in on us like they bought in on Nerdist. So, <laughs> and if you don't have any friends, just write the web address nerdyshow.com on the inside of a bathroom stall. That's okay, and take a picture, and we'll post it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Please. bathroom pictures. Uh, I, want, I want to be clear. Please write it in pen or a marker. Yeah, the pencil stuff will just get rubbed off. Really, yeah, we really want quickly. we want permanent. Maybe I don't know. Uh, draw pictures if with have, it too. If yeah. you have a chisel, and if you carve yeah. it in there, that's creepy. But we'll take it anyway. Can we get in trouble for telling people to, I think we to, can. to vandalize private I think, property? I think we can. Uh, so we want to throw in a little note that Disclaimer says... Disclaimer that that was not serious. Yeah, yeah. we're not serious about that. You can write it in your own bathroom. That's, but I mean, if, no you did, if, you, if you did do it, which is totally not cool, then we would still share it because we would be providing an example of what not to do. Yes. Yeah, do not hand do this. it over to right. the authorities, the, yeah. the toilet police. We are definitely <laughs> not proud that this is happening all over the place. Right, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what no we problem. would say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I should mention, um, if you're following Nerdy Show Book Club, that's our show where we talk about the books we're reading and read books along with the whole Nerdy Show community. We got an episode coming up. Be sure to uh, to join in on the read-along, which is Neil Gaiman's Ocean at the End of the Lane. That's coming out, well, pretty soon, actually. I don't have an exact date yet for when that episode's coming out, but it's coming out in October. If you haven't checked it out yet, check out Liberty Critical Research, a new sci-fi audio drama that we've been doing uh, on the show for about a, a couple months now. I'm in the next episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm in episode four quite a bit. Cool, and and you might have already heard Hex in episodes two and three. So Nerdy Show people are in it. Check it out. But big news, if you're hearing this, then there's already four episodes of the Call of Cthulhu mystery program out. That is the long-awaited show where we play the classic tabletop role-playing game Call of Cthulhu. It was such a long recording, it was such a long session that we turned it into an eight-part miniseries, which is actually really cool because we had the chance to develop all these shorter-length episodes as uh, old-timey radio dramas. 
So they've got that full framing device of being on radio. It was a lot of fun to put together. It's one of my favorite things we've done. Uh, so you should check it out, nerdyshow.com slash Cthulhu, or if that's too hard to spell, because uh, I've gotten used to it now, but it was uh, there was uh, some trial and Is error. Is it C-O-C? Uh, no, no. We, if you just, just go to nerdyshow.com. We didn't want to make it that easy. <laughs> you have to pass the spelling test if you want to be able to listen to this. Uh, go to nerdyshow.com slash theater, or just go to nerdyshow.com, and there's a podcast tab, and it'll be listed there. Uh, but, but it's all there. It's coming out in eight parts, twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. Listen to it. Let us know what you think of the, the new format, or the show itself, or both. And uh, check out the original score on our Bandcamp. It's pay what you want. If you pay anything, all that money goes to the composers themselves. So they can keep making awesome music for Dungeons and Doritos and Call of Cthulhu and every other miniseries we're working on. And uh, and also, I published a big article in the past couple weeks that uh, I'm not sure I mentioned yet. But my uh, my full report from Camp Fangamer. I want to let everybody know about that, mostly because I fucking killed myself writing this thing. It's basically the equivalent of a magazine cover story. It's extensive because I was the only press representation at this event, like at least officially. And what it is, is an earthbound convention. Super, super small. 400 people were there, uh, put on by Fangamer. Earthbound, of course, is the the classic cult RPG from uh, from Nintendo beloved series and this was not just a convention where everybody goes to it because they're all fans of that that thing which it was but it was an interactive experience with a narrative much like a sort of a, a homegrown diy secret cinema strung throughout the it was, entire it had an alternate reality game going it, on at, during ba- the whole basically thing, yes right? an alternate reality game and this whole interactive narrative as well it was uh it was amazing it was just it's truly incredible. Um, yeah, it's a super in-depth article. You got a lot of good pictures from it. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to gra- uh, really grasp the true form of what was going on there, uh, you're gonna want to check it out. So we'll link to that on this episode's page, or you can find it in the articles tab under video games. So I guess that's a wrap for this episode of Nerdy Show. Mm, I don't have any good rap lyrics. Okay. Do you want to rap, Doug? I'm, I'm not a rapper, mm. but I spit hot fire. All right. Jess, you want to throw down some beats? They call me the hip hop apotamus because my lyrics are bottomless. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> well, to take us out, we've got a track. It's uh it's kind of rap, kind of. It's uh it's by it's a brand new song from uh, a brand new EP by Miss Paintbrush, who you may also know as Jackson of Grand Buffet, a uh, nerdy rap outfit that uh well, predated nerdcore as a genre and doesn't really exist within that genre at all. Um very funky, strange, strange, strange raps. This is from his EP, Dead Osprey Sewer, and it's a track called Buckle Boots, and it's super weird, so please enjoy. Casual and cashmere armor I'm fading in and 
Please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud, or give us your feedback at nerdyshow.com forward slash survey. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com forward slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com forward slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Well, since we're talking about crotch boxes, how do you guys feel about <laughs> how do you guys feel about how getting a Pacific Rim job right about now? Whoa. Feeling good? Mm. Mm. I was gonna say you could transition from uh <laughs> <laughs> from the future and then laser razor in a film about the future and there is a film that is called back to the future that it ties into then, that then, fairly then well take it doug take it like like you mean it speaking of crotch box and rim jobs you guys like back to the future <laughs> <laughs> no conversation <laughs> over <laughs> 